0: The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Good morning. Good morning. So we are in the second week of uh, four sermons leading up to Thanksgiving uh, talking about thankfulness. I realized as I was uh, getting ready for this sermon and going through the week how easy it is to be grumpy instead of grateful, huh? Um, there's a verse, uh, actually a phrase, that I think. I don't know if somebody has researched it, is I think maybe the most common phrase in the Bible. And it, in Psalm 136, if you were to look at it, it's repeated like two dozen times and also throughout the Old Testament, particularly in the Psalms. And it's this, and it's really the heart of what we're going to be looking at this morning. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy never ends or His love endures forever. The heart of it is, man, people, we need to be people who give thanks to the Lord because He is good. Okay. And He is good because His mercy never fails. His just love is faithful. It's enduring and it never ends. Because His mercy Never ends. His love just goes on and on and on. God is good. And we should be people that thank Him. Uh, So, kind of going along with the thing, bad memory, I I have a cute little um, story that I wanted to start by getting us thinking about remembering because it's going to be at the heart of what I talk about this morning. It's kind of humorous for those of you that are younger, but for people that are older like me, it becomes less and less humorous. So this is it. Um, There was an 80-year-old couple that were having problems remembering things, so they went to the doctor to get checked out. After getting checked out, the doctor told them that they were physically okay, and probably the simplest thing that would help them would be to write everything down to make notes to help them to remember things. So the couple thanked the doctor and left. Well, later that night, the couple was watching TV. The husband got up from his chair and the wife asks, where are you going? And he says, to the kitchen. So she says, will you get me a bowl of ice cream? And he says, sure. So having just been to the doctor, she says, don't you think you should write it down? And he said, no, I can remember that. So then she says, well, I would also like some strawberries on top. You'd better write that down so you can remember. And he was a little irritated. He says, I can remember ice cream with strawberries on top. So she replies, well, also, I'd like some whipped cream on top. And, uh, you'd better write that down. She says, I know you will forget if you don't write it down. So being irritated, he says, I can remember that. Ice cream, strawberries with whipped cream on top. And so kind of fuming, he goes into the kitchen. 20 minutes later, he returns from the kitchen and hands her a plate of bacon and eggs. She stares at the plate for a moment and says, I knew you were gonna mess it up. You forgot the toast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, You can feel my pain. <clears throat> the, um, the older I get, the more I can identify with that story. Forgetfulness is, is a part of being human, right? It's one of the reasons I was so thrilled when GPS systems happen, and, and on our phones, no less, so I don't get lost going home from work now. You um, <laughs> know, it's sad, actually. The, it's why we have calendars, date books, alarm clocks, Forgetfulness is a reality, but as we're going to look at Psalm 106 this morning, and we're going to kind of look back over the just a, a little bit of the history of Israel that I think will help us to kind of look back over our own lives, we'll see that forgetfulness is a reality, but forgetfulness can also be a tragedy because it can hinder us from remembering that God is good and and knowing He's good because we're remembering His faithful love. We we're remembering His mercy that endures forever. And as we remember, we are reminded that He is good. And as a result, we're people that are grateful and not people that are grumpy. It's um, you know it's kind of the way we are, isn't it? I mean, I mean we had an incredible summer this last year. It was dry. And so we were complaining that there wasn't enough rain, right? It was hot, and we're complaining that it's too hot. (laughs) Uh, If it would have been that hot, we would have complained that it wasn't hot enough. And then we we come into this time of year, and all of a sudden, you know, the heavens are opened, God's mercy to us, pouring rain upon the earth, and we're, I'm sure none of you, but other people, are complaining that it's raining until it stops raining. And and then we're going to say, it's not enough rain because we're going to have a water shortage. I mean, whether whether we found something that's incredible or lost something, we tend to be people that have this experience of being grumpy instead of grateful. And so... The heart of what we're going to look at is captured by this first verse here. But again, the big idea is, I want you to get this, it's so important. Remembering God's mercy is what will lead us to believing that God is good. Which will lead us to being thankful regardless of the circumstances. Whether we just lost our job or we just found a job, whether we've just gotten pneumonia or we have incredible health, whether we are going through a broken relationship or we're entered into an amazing relationship. I mean, regardless of the circumstances, and that is so important, because if our thankf- our gratitude is based on our circumstances, then we are going to be all over the map, right? Up and down, grat- grateful and grumpy and Grateful and grumpy, depending on how we feel at the moment. But if we're people that are focused on God's mercy, then we're going to be reminded that God is good, regardless of the circumstances, and we're going to be people that are grateful. Praise the Lord. This is Psalm 106, and we're going to kind of just work our way through it. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And because we know his love endures forever, we're reminded that his love endures forever. We know that he's good and we give thanks to him. Verse two, who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? It's a rhetorical question and the answer is obviously no one. I mean, God is so incredible. His acts are so amazing. He is so praiseworthy that we should be people that are just declaring and proclaiming and and overflowing with his goodness and his mercy to us so that we're people who are constantly giving thanks to the Lord because we know he's good and his love endures forever. But now we're going to come into kind of this history of Israel. And I I want, as we go through this, and we're going to see as they remember and as they forget just what an incredible difference it makes and and just to kind of reflect on our own lives verse 7 the psalmist says when our ancestors were in egypt they gave no thought to your miracles i mean god had done incredible miracles 10 times he had done incredible miracles that caused the egyptians to drive them out of their slavery and towards the promised land that God had promised them. And yet it says they gave no thought. It's kind of like, oh, that's great. Now let's move on. And God, have you ever done anything for me? They gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses. I mean, they were slaves in Egypt, horrible slavery in Egypt for 400 years. And God, through his miraculous mercy and power, drives them out of Egypt. Egypt and they come out of Egypt and they're standing at the Red Sea and God has promised them that he's going to bring them into the promised land a good and amazing and incredible land but the problem is there's this Egyptian army that's on their tail they got the Red Sea in front of them and they got the they got Pharaoh's army behind them and they rebel they said God this is what this is what they say, listen to this, it's incredible. After the mercy and the miraculous power of God that they've experienced in Exodus 14.10, it says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them and they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert today? Isn't that amazing? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? Isn't that incredible? Leave us alone. We love being slaves. It would have been better for us to be slaves to the Egyptians than to die in the desert, and it's like they don't see any other option. It's either remaining as slaves in Egypt or dying in the desert because they ha- they've forgotten. I mean, and we're talking days before they've forgotten God's incredible mercy to them, His miraculous power that has brought them out of the most powerful empire on the face of the earth as free people, and they forgot. And as a result, instead of standing there at the face of the Red Sea and expecting and anticipating God's power as he's shown his power to them, they're grumbling and complaining. Man, isn't that often how we are? We could be enjoying and anticipating God's power and mercy, knowing of his goodness and living in thankfulness and instead... We live in complaining. Verse eight, the incredible thing is despite their rebellion, yet God saved them for his name's sake to make his mighty power known. And doesn't God do that over and over in our lives? (laughs) He rebuked the Red Sea, verse nine, and it dried up. He led them through the depths as through a desert. There was no need for complaining for unbelief, for rebellion. They just had to wait and see the glory of God. Verse 10, he saved them from the hand of the foe. From the hand of the enemy, he redeemed them. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them survived. The Egyptian army that they were so terrified of destroyed. Verse 12, then they believed his promises. And they sang his praise. They one more time experienced his mercy. It reminded them that he is good and that his promises are good and they they sing his praises. Verse 13, but they soon forgot. Isn't that amazing? It's kind of like, as I was reflecting on that, it's kind of like if we were to, you were to spend... Your morning, tomorrow morning, just after you've heard this, and man, I want to read the story of what God did for them in Egypt. And so you read Exodus 1 through 11, and you are just having an incredible time. Your, your time in the Word is so amazing, you realize man, you're almost late for work. Ever had that problem? Well, maybe it's reading the Bible. Anyway, The and so you've read chapters 1 through 11 and you've been amazed by God's power and his mercy to his people and it's reminded you of how God has demonstrated his power and his mercy to you and you're just like you know like God you are good and you get in your car and you head out on the highway and there's been an accident so you are going to be late to work God where were you where are you I'm going to be late for work because you had me read your Bible. And you get to work and the copy machine's broken or, or your boss is cranky. Or, and how soon? They experienced God's mercy. They believed his promises. He is good and they sing his praises in verse 13. And as you read through Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, we see sometimes we're talking days. They forgot what he had done. And this is such a key phrase, and they did not wait for his plan to unfold. I think so often what keeps us from gratitude is because what we want is kind of what it says in the next, in the desert they gave into their cravings. We want what we want and we want it now, right? And God is good if he gives us what we want now and we feel good, but. They did not wait for his plan to unfold because God's mercy includes God's discipline and God's correction. And it it involves waiting so we can learn patience and we can be formed into his character and we can become the people that he wants us to be as opposed to just a bunch of spoiled brats, right? But they forgot what he had done because they didn't wait for his plan to unfold. They they not remember that he's good and his goodness and his mercy includes discipline and correction and, and waiting for his plan to unfold. But in the desert, they gave into their craving, their, their own fleshly desires. I want what I want now. And in the wilderness instead of trusting that God was good that he had pro- that he had brought them out of Egypt and that he was bringing them into the promised land and that he would do it because he was good instead of trusting him they tested him over and over and over again they said where are you in verse 19 it, it even came to the point where it says at horeb they made a calf and they worshiped an idol cast from metal. They exchanged their glorious God that delivered them out of Egypt, the most powerful empire on the face of the earth as a free people plundered Egypt. They exchanged that glorious God for an image of a bull who eats grass. And I'm guessing that most of you don't have an image of a bull in your bedroom that you're bowing down to. Um, I'd encourage you not to if that's what you're doing. But But you know, we do the same thing, don't we? I mean, this glorious God who has shown his mercy to us over and over and over again. Sometimes that mercy has been making us wait. So that right around the corner is an incredible blessing, more amazing than we could ever have imagined or molding us into his character. And so instead of waiting and and trusting that God is good, we, we pursue these things that will give us immediate pleasure and, and satisfaction and relief instead of really believing that God is good. And, and so it's like exchanging the glorious God for something else that's so much less. Verse 21, they forgot. You see this refrain, it's over and over. They forgot the God who saved them who had done great things in Egypt, miracles in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. They forgot. So he said he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. And this is kind of the summary. It says, they despised the pleasant land, meaning the land that God had promised them, that had brought them out of Egypt into in order to bring them into that Land. It says they despised the pleasant land because they didn't believe his promise. And, and as a result, just their lives were constant, grumbling in their tents and disobeying the Lord because they didn't remember his mercy, his mercy to them. Remembering God's mercy... is what will lead us to believing that God is good and will lead us to be people who are grateful. Whether things are going well or things are going poorly from our estimation, we're going to be grateful and thankful because we know that he's good and that he's causing all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And we trust him because we know he's good because we remember his mercy. The point is, people, we need to be people who remember. Not like the Israelites and, and like ourselves who so easily forget. I mean, things are going hunky-dory and God, you are so good. And then, great God, thanks a lot. <laughs> because we're following after the cravings of our flesh we're living our lives based on our immediate circumstances and, and, and our gratitude or our grumbling is up and down based on our circumstances instead of rooted in a God that is good because we're focused on his mercy. And we know he's good and will give us what is best for us. Deuteronomy chapter eight. I'm gonna just kind of read through this. It's, it's a great passage. It, it again kind of, Um, rehearses the history of Israel, but it's a great reminder to us on how to remember and not forget like the Israelites did. Notice it says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. Remember. And as we leave here this morning, I, I encourage you to just spend some time remembering God's goodness to you. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you. That's part of God's mercy, right? Humbling us, correcting us. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. It was this miraculous bread from heaven that came down like dew in the morning that fed them for 40 years, miraculously. And they're experiencing this miraculous a provision of food for 40 years, and, and yet they still grumble when they come upon a new situation, no water. God, we're going to die here. And then he provides water out of the rock, and, and they go at... the next thing and and instead of remembering God's mercy the water out of the rocks or the ravens that he provided for meat or the manna that was there every morning they forgot he humbled you causing you to hunger then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach us that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the, the mouth of the Lord that our dependence is really on God and and our need of his goodness. Notice, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. And in the midst of the, the intense heat of the wilderness, for 40 years it said their feet did not swell and their clothes did not wear out. Now that's a great, that'd be great for your clothing fund, wouldn't it? I mean, but it's kind of like they just took it for granted. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. It's for our good, and that's part of God's goodness. I mean, there's nothing we like less than a bunch of you know, little brat kids. I mean, isn't that, though, how often how we are? I mean, the way we grumble and complain. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him, revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. They're on the verge of the promised land and he reminds them a land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the fields. And this is, he says, this is what I promised. Verse 10 when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be, be thankful. Verse, seven, verse 11 though, notice says, be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God. Isn't that amazing how easy it is? Be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied and And you build your fine houses and settle down and your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied. That verse 14 doesn't happen. Our hearts become proud and we forget that that it was God that gave us that. That it's his mercies that never end. That our hearts become proud and we forget that it was God that gave it to us. It was him that led us through the vast and dreadful wilderness, the thirsty and waterless land with venomous snakes and scorpions. He was the one that brought water out of the hard rock. He gave manna to eat in the wilderness, something that your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You see that? That's part of God's plan. (laughs) His goodness involves and encompasses all kinds of things, in our minds what are good and bad so that in the end it might we might experience God's goodness and be the people that he wants us to be. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth and we can be that kind of people, right saying, well, I did this, it's my hard work. And forget that it's underlying all that is God's mercy. But remember this is the key. Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. You know, the kind of the question is after coming through all this scripture, and I I, I hope that that coming out of this sermon that maybe the thing that you'll want to do more than anything is remember. <laughs> Go back and read incredible accounts about God's faithfulness and God's power and God's mercy. Not, in the, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament and his mercy to us in Jesus. I mean, that, when, that we who, while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. That's mercy. That even when we're unfaithful he remains faithful. That he hasn't dealt with us according to our actions or we'd all be doomed. But it's because of his mercy that we are what we are. The question is do we really believe that God is good? Do you? Do we really believe that God is good regardless of the circumstances whether you just lost your job this last week. God is good. Are we, or you have a horrible job. (laughs) You're in the midst of a broken relationship, or maybe it's a new, exciting relationship, but irregardless, God is good. Whether you have growing debt or or poor health or battling addictions or rejected or lonely, and maybe even some of you this morning are saying, where is God right now, (laughs) or where was God? I encourage you to spend time in God's word and and reflecting on your life and to remember that God's mercies have been there for you all along. God's mercies never fail so we can know God is good. In the midst of all of life's challenges, ups and downs, God is good. God is good. So what do we need to do? Just a a couple of things in, in wrapping it up. Remember God's mercy. <laughs> I would encourage you, write down his mercies. That's that's a lot of what the Bible is. It's just a record for us of God's mercy to us. God's mercy to his people in the Old Testament, God's mercy to us as a people that deserve judgment. But but God Himself, Jesus took the judgment for our sins upon him. That's mercy. He who knew no sin became sin for us, Jesus on the cross, so that in him we might have the righteousness of God. He got our sin, we got his righteousness. That's mercy. (laughs) And in the midst of a tough time you're going through or hard times we're going through, that it doesn't rock us, it doesn't make us grumblers or complainers because Who we are isn't based on what we're going through, but it's rooted in God, that God is good. And so remembering his mercies and writing down his mercies and then, man, spending more time sharing his mercies with one another, right? Sharing his mercies with one another so that together we will rejoice in God's mercy, believing that he is good and his mercy just goes on and on and on. Man, what a great thing, huh? Not to be people that are grumbling or complaining or on the other hand rejoicing or giving thanks based on our circumstances, but people so fixed and focused and wrapped up in God's mercies, we know he's good. and So regardless of what you're going through today, you can give thanks to him because he's good and you know that he will cause what you're going through to work for your good and his glory. Let's pray. God, it, it can be so hard for us, just like, the, just like the Israelites, for our lives not to be just up and down, bounced back and forth, driven by our circumstances instead of rooted in your character, rooted in your goodness. Father, I pray that you would make us a people that deliberately and purposely remember and rehearse and review and talk about your mercy that we might be convinced that you are good and you are good. God, that we would be people of gratitude. God, help us to be such a people that reflect your goodness to a world that needs to know your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.